This is Hashtag Authentic, a podcast for creatives online. I'm Sarah Tasker and this is episode 52. Hi everyone. So as you probably know, I'm always trying to find a really diverse range of online creatives to chat to for this show. And my guest this week is from a sector we've not explored before. So she's Carly Rowena, and her focus is in the hugely popular health and fitness market on YouTube and on Instagram. She has this gorgeously frank, open and funny way of talking about her life. And that has helped her to build a YouTube audience of over 400,000 and an Instagram following of 150k and growing fast. I called her up to chat about finding your talent, creating for YouTube, and all the lessons that come from growing a following and a business online. But before we dive into that interview, I am so excited to finally be able to tell you all about my book. It is called Hashtag Authentic, just like this podcast, and like the show, its focus is on how to tell your story on Instagram and online with your words and especially with pictures. It also has lots of tips and advice from loads of your favorite Instagrammers and from friends of this show, people like Beth Kirby, Emma Gannon, Charlotte from Betty Magazine, Dominique from All That Is She and lots, lots more. It's going to be released in February, but it's available to pre-order right now. You can just type hashtag authentic book into Google to find it, or you can search for my name, Sarah Tasker, on Amazon or wherever you like to buy your books. If you prefer to get it from your local bookstore, which obviously is always tremendous, then I think you can pre-order it from them too if you just grab the ISBN number, which I'll put in the show notes, or you can just check it out on Amazon and copy and paste it from there. Pre-orders are really really important so if you have any plans to buy this book for yourself or maybe for someone you love then please consider maybe doing it as a pre-order i'm working on a super special thank you for everyone who does so if you do keep hold of your receipt or your purchase email and i'm going to let you know in a future episode what to do to claim your thank you from me and obviously Hopefully it goes without saying, if you're not in a position to buy a book right now, or maybe if it's just not for you, that's fine too. And I hope you enjoy today's conversation. Hi, Carly. Welcome to the podcast. Hey, thank you for having me. So could you do a quick introduction to who you are and what you do for anyone who doesn't already know? I can. My name's Carly Rowena and I'm a health and fitness blogger online. Um, However, I also hold classes and retreats and one-to-one training around the world. What an exciting life. (laughs) It sounds it, doesn't it? But most of the time I'm literally in sweaty clothing, um, talking to people online without a face. (laughs) So very random. So how did you get started in this? Take us back to the very beginning. Oh my gosh. Okay. So that is like nearly five years ago. Um, my story's a little bit backwards. I used to work in the motor trade and it was, it was an amazing career, but you know, when you just know that it isn't what you want to be doing. And I never grew up knowing what I wanted to be. I wasn't particularly talented in like one direction. So it made it really hard to figure out what I was supposed to do. And I remember feeling quite talentless, um, which sounds really sad, but just, you know, I could do most things, but nothing stood out. Um, So I remember that um, one of my friends was like, have you ever gone on YouTube? And I really hadn't. I'd never really sort of known about this world. And to be honest, there wasn't really anyone who was sort of in the million then. Everyone was a lot smaller. 
And so I started doing videos more as like a sort of X factor for myself, like a talent <laughs> match. And I really didn't think anyone was going to follow, like genuinely didn't. And I remember I was recording it on the camera on my laptop. Oh my gosh, the contrast was horrendous. And uh, yeah, the lighting was just awful, but um, filmed videos on different topics and people just started to enjoy them and, and actually pointed out that I was really good at fitness. But I thought I just did fitness so I could eat more donuts and more food in total honesty. Um, (laughs) (laughs) I didn't think I'd ever want to become a trainer, but it wasn't until people started really pointing out that I obviously had this love for it that I decided to do the course. And then I gave myself like one month of savings, quit my job, which was terrifying because everyone was being made redundant at the time. And, you know, it was, it's a scary thing. And everyone was like, what are you doing? Um, Because it's not a job as well. Like, this yeah. whole YouTube thing, like no one knew that could turn into something. YouTube thing's very bizarre, but I think um, I quit my job and I was like, I'm going to become a personal trainer and I'm going to be fully booked in one month. And I gave myself that goal and and I did it, which was incredible. And then since then, YouTube and sort of social media alongside this personal training career, um, yeah, it's just flourished and it's just made it very exciting. It's been amazing. So does your personal training business kind of run from your social media presence or is it sort of separate and you have a local presence and an online presence? Yeah, I mean, I'm based in Norwich, so a little bit out of kind of like the hub of everything cool. Um, although I love <laughs> Same. <laughs> yeah, I mean, for me, I kind of like it because it's kept me grounded it's it's enabled me to work with some incredible brands and also host classes in some incredible places around the world um and I'd say social media has done that but I'd actually say that in all honesty my sort of core clients have have really just come from word of mouth of me being a personal trainer where I live yeah because when you have a very like in-person business social media is helpful but you also need a really strong local presence don't you And, and that can sometimes be Kind of one of the things that doesn't come across online, people think if I have a following of hundreds of thousands, then my local business is going to succeed. But that's not always quite the case. No, definitely not. And also, to some degree, kind of don't, I didn't want, it was weird when people started turning up at my gym and booking in for like inductions, and they wouldn't tell me that they were a follower. Yeah. Train them for like 30 minutes and at the end they'd be like so can I have a selfie and I'd be like why <laughs> I followed you for two years and I was like oh um so that was that was definitely really weird and I'd have to say also being a little bit older so I didn't start YouTube till I was sort of 25 26 I never really got that sort of crazy fan base so I think it was always going to be a little bit harder for me anyway um so yeah the, I'd definitely say that having the kind of social media background it stopped me ever having to have business cards or posters which was pretty cool I just you know had Facebook and Instagram and YouTube I love that the not being in London thing is interesting because obviously that's something we have in common um and actually I find there's not many of us like a lot of the people I speak to for this podcast if they're in the UK they are based in London. Uh, do you feel like it ever holds you back being kind of outside of the hub of it all? I I think if I was younger and starting this, I probably would have made the move only because I love my sleep and I hate the fact that I have to get the last train home and I get yeah. home at like, and that sucks. Um, but I think it probably would have enabled me to go to more events and, and probably network a little bit more because a lot of the events that especially sort of fitness and wellness, they're kind of breakfast ones. And I'm like, guys, I'm not getting that 4am train. Like, that's <laughs> yeah. just not happening. And so I think that would have happened. But then at the same time, I feel like brands invest a little bit more because, you know, I can just jump on a call with them. And if we're really interested, we set up a proper date and we kind of just progress things a little bit further um and also for me I I love 
I love coming home and I love being around my real friends and just being grounded. I think if I was in London and had all these crazy opportunities all the time, I might have got a bit more full of myself or more competitive or I don't know, taking it for granted a little bit. Whereas I have these amazing days where I go to London or travel and I'm like, wow, am I really doing this? And then I step back on the train and there's no aircon, there's no plug point, And I get back into my house and I'm like, okay, now I'm back to me again. <laughs> that is exactly what it's like. And I do think the same, like if I was in London all the time, because those invites don't stop coming. So you could potentially fill every single day with some sort of yeah. press event or whatever was going on. And you'd constantly be meeting other people who do similar things to you and having that comparison point of, you know, how everyone else is doing. And I think sometimes it's a real luxury to have that distance and that place where you actually just live in your normal life. Definitely. I think I probably would have been a very unhealthy personal trainer with a drinking problem, I think, because you're just networking all the time. And I would have been in the gym and then I would have been out partying <laughs> yeah. with um, So I think, yeah, coming back here was probably a good thing. And also, you know, when I'm in London, everyone there is obviously staying younger, longer. And by that, I mean, they're kind of holding off on marriage and babies and all those kind of things, because there's just so many opportunities. Mm. And I'm same bubble. And then I'm sort of, I'm 31 now and then I came home all of my friends have suddenly already done that and I was like oh so stepping back home I then suddenly realized okay it, it is cool to be like no it's I'm happy to get married and have babies and kind of settle down but still be a serious businesswoman that's true because I'm married and have a child and actually when you now I think about it yeah the people I meet in London quite often are not quite there yet and also I think the property price is, is a factor probably insane <laughs> so yeah it's, I hadn't thought of that angle before but that's quite an interesting point so speaking of uh babies and settling down you've recently had some exciting news yeah <laughs> so you're I, tw how many weeks along are you 25 weeks pregnant which uh, it's a cauliflower apparently which that terrifies me anyway I was only really ever happy when it said it was a carrot or a banana because that was similar to what got me into this mess so that <laughs> can push that out but this I'm like a cauliflower I'm like walking into the supermarket and looking at things very differently now <laughs> Yeah, there comes a point I can remember where I was like, right, I, I'm at the stage now where I need them to invent some sort of teleportation device <laughs> that's going to get this child out of me. And it just didn't happen in time. Yeah, it's when you kind of hold it next to your stomach and you're like, okay, brilliant. Can't wait to try and get this out. <laughs> um, and how has your audience uh, responded to the news? Were you worried? Because obviously so much of your content is about fitness and kind of not about body image in a in an unhealthy way but about body image in a really positive way and pregnancy changes that oh I was terrified actually and it was a really hard those first three months so I had just completed Kilimanjaro came back and um fell pregnant really quick as soon as I got back almost and I felt absolutely fine but my worry was obviously online my pet my presence online had been girl with kind of button abs um I'd always been kind of doing strength training and intense training um and so all of a sudden you know the abs were going so quickly which I was happy about because I was embracing this new body but you know Instagram and a lot of social media is based on photos mm. and I'm not a supermodel, I'm not a model, and I never actually signed up for photos. I signed up for video form um, because that was what I recognized myself in. But obviously, pictures have become very important, and if you want to post a blog post, you have to have images. And all of a sudden, I was just... I didn't know how to represent my changing body, but also for those first three months, you don't tell anybody either. So I was like, okay, how do I take a photo of what I'm trying to say, but my body is no longer what it was. Oh, yeah. I am now either. 
Um, and with every image, I felt like I was kind of faking it and my hormones were everywhere and I wasn't feeling like the same person. And I just really wanted to come offline. It was the first time in like five years that I was like, I just don't know if this is for me anymore. Um, and it was more because I just felt very protective mm. of was going but also so aware that I had an audience of people who had signed up for the Carly that there had always been and I was like are they still gonna like me when I've changed and um most of the sort of fitness people I follow none of them are going through that journey yet so I did panic that people were going to unfollow and I also panicked a lot on the food front because I have been um pescatarian for at least five years now and when I fell pregnant it was like two and a half months in and my body was craving meat and that was a real adjustment for me because I had made this decision not to have it and the same with dairy as well actually and all of a sudden my body was like no I want everything <laughs> <laughs> and I'm like oh my gosh what if I got in public and someone sees me eating a steak or and fish had like fish was making me want to vomit vegetables are pretty much making me want to vomit and I was like I can't even share what I'm eating anymore it's like a massive lie of course yeah but there was just this huge thing. And then I was thinking, oh, my gosh, if I tell them I'm now eating meat, am I going to get, you know, scores of hate from people? Um, so, yeah, it was three months of I just I kind of went into turmoil towards the end of it and was like, I just think I might have to come offline. Um, but in all honesty, I just as soon as I could share that announcement, I told them everything. <laughs> and I'm very lucky that I think people just really appreciated that I was honest and I forget that so many people are going through the same thing and they feel exactly the same. So it was such a weight off my shoulders. And I literally transformed from a pretty miserable person near the three month mark to after that announcement, I was so happy, like a weight off my shoulders. <laughs> and it seems to be going brilliantly ever since. Like there doesn't seem to have been any negativity at all from what I've, I've seen. I've been, I've been really lucky. There's always like 0.1% because... Yeah you know, you can't please everybody. And, you know, people just generally can take a disliking to you. I think the hardest thing now um, is that there is still quite a lot of um, negativity around working out while pregnant. And it's not just negativity, it's just a lack of education on it. I mean, even doctors have told me to stop exercising. And I'm mm. like, no. Um, so I have had a couple of, you know, direct messages, which have been like, you're killing your baby, which has been not yeah. nice. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, those kind of comments are tough, um, but that's just a lack of education. So I've, I've kind of been using it to really see what women are going through, and I didn't realize that, you know, even I've been a bit nervous sometimes and had to do research, and I have a background knowledge. So if you don't have that, I see why so many women, you know, stop exercising or at least dramatically reduce it. Well, this is the thing about pregnancy, and I guess it's true for a lot of areas of being a woman, but pregnancy in particular is like it's a secret club and there's so much stuff that just doesn't get talked about <laughs> until you're there. And then all of a sudden it all comes out and you're like, well, I could have done with knowing some of this shit beforehand. <laughs> and I think that's what I have loved the most about my YouTube channel um, lately is really being very honest about the things yeah. that I think people don't say and, um, you know, not putting them in a negative way or anything, but just being like, guys, did you know that this is going to happen or you know these lightning bolt pains and these things that just seem to be changing that you know I was very into I don't have any babies around me I just thought I was going to throw up every day and I was going to put on weight and then I was going to pop out a baby I haven't thrown up once 
but I've had all sorts of weird aches and pains and noises and sounds come out from me. <laughs> <laughs> so yeah, it's a massive learning curve. So I'm just hoping to, you know, share some of these things and help people feel a little bit less alone. Um, even the gross things, because the gross things are just as normal. Um, and yeah, hopefully just build a little bit more confidence around everyone. Which is actually, now you put it like that, completely on brand for you, because that is what you do. You talk about your body as a machine, like kind of as a machine and how it works and how to enjoy it. And naturally, continuing that into pregnancy is the perfect fit. Yeah, I think so. I've definitely, I'm really enjoying it. Like, oh, I've got a lawnmower that's about to drive past. So if you guys are suddenly like, well, I don't know why a lawnmower is on the road, but (laughs) it's about to go past if we hear that. But yeah, definitely, I'm really, I'm loving sharing and Obviously, I don't know what's going to happen in this journey. And I'm kind of hoping that, you know, when little one is here, I'm sure I'm going to go through loads of crazy things I didn't know about then either. And I'm hoping I can share it in the same positive light, but also very honest light. That is kind of the joy of social media. And I think that is the power of all of a sudden women having a really public voice. Um, Like we are kind of the first generation to have it on this scale. It feels like previously, of course, there were kind of authors and journalists and broadcast journalists and people, but you had to be picked. You had to be kind of chosen for the job. Whereas, you know, the journey you just described to us is, is you were chosen by the audience, not by someone with all the power. Yeah, yeah, no, it's, it's very cool. And it gives, it just enables people to have a voice. And obviously, you have to be so careful how you use it. And people will use it to say different things. But I'm hoping that the voice I'm putting out is going to benefit. If it just helps one person in a day, that's kind of all they ever wanted. Um, And it's already helped me a million in a million ways. I have a career I never imagined and a life I love and friends all over the world. It's yeah, I feel very, very lucky. So talk to me about YouTube, because I am not a super YouTube person. And I suspect a lot of people listening, they kind of, uh, I think for my audience, a lot of people have started on Instagram. So tell us what we need to know about YouTube. Everything. Um, yeah, <laughs> everything. God, I wish I understood YouTube. Um, I love YouTube because it was the thing I started on first. And it was more for me because, yeah, video form just felt more natural. I think with YouTube, it's, it changes a lot. And I'd actually say it's possibly one of the hardest platforms now, I feel. Um, Because when I first started, you know, if you did a collaboration with someone, it sent so many followers over your way. Even if you just commented or liked someone's video, um, it sent followers your way. And I felt that people were super creative and it was a really beautiful place to be. And I'm not saying that's not there now, but there is a lot more drama. um, And it is a lot more sort of clickbaity stuff, which I, I, Mm. I... that it kind of going that way so that's tough however I think if you're a new if you're someone new going over from a platform like Instagram onto YouTube I've seen people have great success and really fast growth because I do think YouTube does push you um if you kind of start to notice quite a big surge coming from your Instagram um again it's very similar to Instagram however you can literally go both sides you could go as professional and beautiful and movie like as you like or you could go vlog style and kind of more like your insta stories but onto a youtube channel i think a lot of people are loving seeing these beautiful instagram accounts transfer to youtube where they're seeing the kind of behind the scenes of that um and we all just like to get to know each other and we're all really really nosy (laughs) (laughs) so I think that works and um it seems to be that the longer the videos are the more um successful they are um I'd just say that a clear thumbnail so you know the same as you would for your Instagram when you put that picture up on your um page that thumbnail is very very important 
Um, and, but it's not like a Vogue picture. It still almost has to be like a, a snippet from your video, but just clearer and crisper. Yeah, yeah, definitely. Um, and then it's just sticking to a clear schedule. So trying to upload same days, same time, and obviously sharing as much as you can and, and responding and engaging. It's very similar to Instagram. Um, I just think that with YouTube now, you kind of have to decide whether you want to be someone who's going to share some dramas because that always seems to get attention or mm. if you're going for a kind of slow and steady and more honest appeal. Um, and I, I think the kind of slow and steady actually works better, to be honest. It's what brands are going to be looking for if you obviously want to end up look, working with more brands. And it also, this is probably very similar to the stuff I talk about in regards to Instagram in that fast growth looks exciting and it's probably quite good for our ego. But what happens when you grow a really fast audience by being featured lots or by something like a lot of drama can be that it's a very general audience or a very mixed audience and not everybody in there really gets what it is you're doing and why you're doing it so it's actually not that useful if you're trying to turn that into something Uh, definitely not and also it doesn't have longevity you know you see people that get a big boost because something crazy happened which can be amazing but it's kind of opens up your funnel more and I imagine although loads will come in loads of people exit at the same time because Kind of changed and we've seen that so and also engagement is the biggest thing you can have I've see, I see so many accounts with sort of million two million but very few comments and engagement and really what you want to be having is people who want to talk to you um that's kind of the whole point because then they're the ones that are going to get engaged across all of your channels and that is what the right brands will be looking for obviously some brands they whether they're just not doing their research or not but they're kind of seeing a number and going like boom I'm going to get that that's not the case. And I think the longer we go through this, more brands are going to realize that you need to go for the engagement. And actually, some of the smaller accounts would be more favorable. It all sounds actually extremely similar to the stuff I talk about in regards to Instagram, (laughs) which is not surprising. And actually, what you said right at the beginning there about the way it's changed, I feel like word for word, you could have been describing Instagram. Um, does, Does YouTube struggle in terms of like algorithms and kind of the way, is that become something that people have had to struggle with? Yeah, so I think there is this algorithm word. And I'm like, is there someone who's playing around with algorithm or are we just all being duped all the time? <laughs> um, yeah, YouTube has definitely changed. Honestly, in the beginning, you you really could grow, you know, not by thousands, but say if a bigger YouTuber commented on yours, boom, you would notice like an influx of like 200 to 500 followers. Um, And you could really see the new kind of accounts and you could see sort of groupings of different YouTubers. Now it is very much more, um, I mean, the trending page, for example, on YouTube is pretty much just music videos and TV shows. It's very rare actually see a YouTuber and it used to be YouTubers that were on the trending page so I think in that way YouTube is obviously trying to change it so yeah you do have to fight an algorithm or whatever it is that they are doing but I think if you still follow along with the main thing of just replying clear videos uploading when you can and sharing across every other platform I do think that is the only way to get through it. And I think there's a temptation isn't there when people kind of hear stories like yours or mine where people think well It must have just been so much easier five years ago. And of course, it was different (laughs) five years ago. Um, But since then, there's been five years of solid work. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And 
and also I've watched people go past me. I've watched myself go past other people. You you know, sometimes just things just happen and whether you, you did something at the right time in the right place or whether you missed a boat on something, um, most of us will never know. But I think as long as you're really proud of the content you're putting out, that should be the main thing. Um, and also I think a level of honesty. So for example, I get, you know, some incredible brands that say they want to work with me, which is amazing. Um, I have to take a, a, a moment to think, okay, amazing money, amazing product. What does this brand want? They obviously want me to sell something. Can I actually sell that to mm. my followers? And then you have to be really honest with yourself because if you can't, don't do that job because it's only going to let down that brand. It's going to stop them from doing future collaborations with people. If you feel that you can do it, then amazing. But you do have to just be a bit honest with yourself. And I think a lot of people are just saying yes to things and then not necessarily delivering and it's kind of ruining it for others. Totally agree. That is one of the core problems in influencer marketing, I think, at the moment is, and I understand it, like if you've got mouths to feed and you've got to get food on the table, these offers land in your inbox and you just say yes. But kind of thinking more strategically and more long term as an industry, I think we all have to take it a little bit more seriously and think more responsibly. See, one of the things I kind of talk about quite a lot in my classes with people is is the tenacity that you need to keep going. You need to keep going when you see someone lap you or, mm-hmm. you know, when you're having a really crap day. And actually, like, yes, you have an amazing business. You have an amazing social presence now. But it took you five years to get where you are. And if someone starts today, it's going to take them five years to get where you are now. Yeah, yeah, no, it definitely does. And I think um, that's one thing that has real positives and negatives. One amazing thing about our jobs is that you can see this positive growth that pretty much happens every day. And for most of us, it is a growth, whether it's one follower or one like, there is growth happening every day, which is amazing and extremely motivating. But it also means a lot of us forget to look at how far we have come or or what we've actually done. And I really, like I, 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 urge people to, you know, jot down the milestones and also jot down the jobs that they've done and, you know, try and go and have a little celebration when something good has happened. I was so guilty of always thinking of the next thing, the next project, the next number, um, that it becomes a little bit (laughs) demotivating to some degree. Because, you know, if you've got a bonus at your, you know, your nine to five job or, um, you know, you won a, a trial or a case or something, you would celebrate it. But for a lot of us, we don't really celebrate these numbers. And, Fair play, you may be a smaller account and you've just reached a thousand. That's huge. It's a thousand people. Do you have a thousand friends in real life? Probably not. Um, and then keep moving up to those and celebrate each little win. And I think it will just give you that um, one, it will just keep you grounded, but also it will make you realize how well you're doing. And I think a lot of us are always just only noticing that other people are doing better or mm-hmm. that they're getting other jobs or, oh, I should have had that and forgetting what you've actually done yourself. I think as well what feeds into that is that the numbers never feel like you expect they will when you're looking towards them. So you're like, if I had X amount of followers, I'd feel a certain way, I'd feel confident or I'd the work would just be flooding in. And then you get there and you're like, oh, right, you know, all my problems just came with me. So yeah, like you say, you don't really celebrate it. No, and I also think sometimes the numbers actually, the bigger you get, sometimes the smaller, the less jobs you get, because in most cases, that means the money that you're charging is probably mm-hmm. going to go up. Um, so you, you are also taking yourself out of certain brands and um, pockets. So I wouldn't always go for that number. I'd just go for like, how high is my engagement versus my number? And I guess how, how able am I to get my message across and to reach the right people that I need to be reaching? Definitely. And don't sell 
out. Um, I mean, it can be really hard sometimes because you see like a job come through and you think, oh, that'd be really freaking cool. And then you realize, hold on, I'm a fitness blogger. I can't talk about McDonald's or something. <laughs> um, yeah. But do you know what it, but you, I've seen so many people do it because obviously we do have mouths to feed and also it could be a really cool campaign, but really think, hold on, can I make this work for my audience or are they going to see through me and click and follow? I get a lot of trips um, to Dubai. I get probably like one every couple of months offered a lovely, glamorous, all expenses paid trip. But I feel really strongly about like the human rights laws over there and a lot of the the regulation around women and around uh, the LGBT community and so for me I'm just like I can't I can't with a clear conscience say yes to this even though of course a lovely free holiday sounds gorgeous um and I know some people think I'm absolutely bonkers for saying no to it but it's just kind of you've got to draw your own lines yeah no I think that I think that is really good I think it's really important to stick to that and it'll be what you know I've, I've had the same um I'm not vegan but I do take a look at a lot of um the, the sort of ingredients that go into products mm-hmm. and um also now having a baby, I'm kind of trying to be as environmentally friendly as possible. Um, and just thinking about, whoa, I didn't realize how long nappies are like 500 years to biodegrade and stuff. And I was like, okay, I need really to take a look into what I'm going to be promoting when that happens and what I'm comfortable with telling my followers to buy that I'm now buying. And I think it's really important to stick to your own kind of ethics because you may lose a couple of jobs, but then they'll be the most perfect one for you because they'll realize that you have an ethos behind you that you're sticking to and you have to be able to answer to your audience ultimately I mean I found as a mother there's nothing I've received as much kind of judgment for as there is being a mother and that's in the real world and online as well and it's not been terrible online again it's only that tiny percentage but it is there Um, I think I've talked about this on the podcast before but I did a sponsored post with Johnson's baby um and that attracted especially from the states quite a lot of criticism because there's a whole sort of slight conspiracy theory over there about toxic chemicals in the Johnson's products um and I think if I hadn't done any research and if I if I didn't know that I used that product you know in my day-to-day life and was happy with it that could have been really damaging for me but I was able to at least respond to it and say like I understand how you feel but this is how I feel yeah no that's so important and I've had the same with a couple of jobs as well where I knew that I was right and I'd backed myself up and I, I knew a wave of people were going to come and they were going to say something, but I knew what to say. Whereas I've seen yeah. other people do the same job and they obviously haven't done the research and then it just becomes an absolute minefield for them. And I really feel for them, but you have got to do your research. It's a job. Yes, it's a job. It's, it's a career and you've got to be professional about it. Yeah. You spoke at the very beginning about your X Factor talent show for yourself. (laughs) And I suspect there's lots of people listening who can feel like they relate to that, like they're not sure what their one thing is. You know, I talk a lot about like finding the thing that makes you special, makes you unique and really leaning into that. But that can be hard to find. So have you got any advice for other people who are at that stage where they feel maybe talentless like you did? Yeah, it's horrible. I literally remember typing into Google, what is Carly's dream job? (laughs) Thinking Google was going to tell me. If only we could do with that search engine. Instead, Google put, like, I think it was Richard Branson's Island. And I was like, yeah, that'd be fantastic. (laughs) 
Um, in all honesty, the thing I did was I talked to a lot of people about it and I tried to change my um, way of thinking to yes mode. So obviously not doing anything that was super dangerous, but I tried to say yes to more opportunities, yes to things I probably wouldn't have said yes to before and things that I might be like, no, I would hate that, but just go and give it a try. Um, I definitely did that sort of changing my way of thinking. Also, I tried to be way more positive. I got into a real negative space where I was like, well, I'm never going to find a job I love. I'm going to be stuck here. Um, and I, and I realized that wasn't doing anything. And I do really believe in the power of positivity when you do put out an idea that you're going to find it, whatever it's going to be, it does generally tend to find you like your path does. Um, so I think being open to more things, testing out stuff and also not being scared to fail at something. I honestly remember when I started doing YouTube, I mean, I went from someone who I'd come out of a really bad relationship. I know we all say that, but it was really bad for me. And I had very little confidence. Um, I was a bit of a, a nobody, to be honest. And so when I suddenly started going on YouTube, I had so many people saying, what are you doing? Like, um, I even had some friends who were no longer friends do an intervention on me because <gasps> they're, what is this girl doing? She's gone from like <laughs> shadow to like, she's bubbly and she's online and she's talking about things. Um, so don't be afraid to put yourself out there and also fail because most people like to see others fail. We hate to say it, but it makes us feel yeah. like, oh, that I didn't do that. <laughs> but yeah. when you do find it, you will notice that you might lose some friends around you because you've suddenly made them realize that if you can, they can too. Yes. And that's a really hard thing to go through. But a lot of people don't want to know that they could do better or they could be happier. And when you suddenly find that, it just throws such a curveball for other people. Totally. Um, There's a Mindy Kaling quote about that, actually, where she talks about like, yeah, it makes people feel bad about the fact that they're not trying as well. Oh, my gosh. I had people try and tell me not to do it, drag me down. Um, yeah, all sorts. But then I realized I was, I was kind of with the wrong crew. So um, just be aware that with finding your dream or your passion, you're probably going to lose some people on the way, but you're going to pick up new ones. Um, but just be open to failing, to winning, to all of it, and it will find you. I know that's so annoying. It's a bit like when you break up with someone, you're like, oh, someone else is around the corner. It really is around the corner. You seem to be by nature an insanely positive person. Do you, do you ever have down days? You have self-doubt about all of this. Yes. I mean, I'm, I'm so like, honestly, pre like, how long have I been with Leon now? He's my husband. Eight years. Pre eight years, I was a very pointless person. <laughs> I was not very positive, And I, yeah, I was just someone you probably would never notice in a crowd. And I've, I've just really realized that you can change things for yourself. And it is a lot about how the way you behave and the way you think. Um, and I've had to work on it a lot. But I'm so thankful for my followers and um that I did put myself out there because now I do have a life that I feel very very lucky to have and I guess I'm just very aware that things change very quickly so <laughs> while it's going so good I'm gonna hold on to it Carly thank you so much and an extra thank you actually as well because we met at the shoot for the Cosmo Awards and that day like it was in this glam photography studio in London. Everyone there was gorgeous. I felt very much the oldest and the fattest in the room. It was so not us, was it? I mean, it was lovely. And I was trying to hide that I was pregnant. And yes, I, was like, I realized afterwards. Please don't put me in anything super tight. Um, and I think we both were a little bit out of, you know, fish out of water there. But you nailed it. You looked gorgeous and the photos were beautiful. Well, you you were such a comfort to me. You know, you, you were your sunny self and you made me feel so much better. So thank you for, 
for talking to me that day and thank you for this amazing episode I think it's going to be so valuable to people awesome you are so welcome I've loved being a part of it where can people find you online to follow you and to find out more Super easy. If you just type in Carly with a C and Rowena, um, you can find me everywhere. YouTube, blog, Instagram, all of the above. And if you find one, then the rest are linked anyway. Awesome. And I'll stick them all in the show notes for people as well. Thank you. Show notes for today's episode are at meandorla.co.uk forward slash podcast 52, where you'll find links to everything we've chatted about today and all of Carly's social media links as well. I've also put up the links in there to my book in case any of you would like to pre-order it or maybe just want to check it out. I've got a whole heap of other new episodes lined up, really exciting guests for the coming weeks. So if you enjoyed today's show, please don't forget to maybe like and subscribe in your podcast app and that way you'll see all the new episodes as soon as they're out. I hope you're having a great week and I will speak to you next Wednesday. Bye.